Hey guys, welcome to the Anti-Macro Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Diana Lee. I spent years steeped in diet culture, obsessively weighing, measuring, and tracking my food. In 2019, I ditched macro tracking for good, and now I've made it my mission to help you swap diets for real food freedom. It's time to unfuck your mindset and stop letting food control you. Let's dive in. This week, I invited my current client, Heather, to hop on and speak about her experience in coaching with me. I've talked about Heather here on the podcast before in episode 36, where I break down her in-body scan results, but there's so much more that's going on behind the scenes of her transformation journey that I feel is worth sharing. If you've ever struggled with cyclical dieting, mindset around food, and losing consistency in your health journey when life gets stressful, this is going to be a great episode for you to listen to. Let's dive in. Let's dive into a little bit of your background of what were you doing before me and what was your experience with your nutrition and your health and fitness journey up until that point? So I was kind of a late bloomer as far as fitness and nutrition. I did not play any sports or anything in high school, college, any of that. I was the girl that walked the mile, not tried to even run it. (laughs) So I'd say about my twenties, I just kind of joined a gym. My dad got me into running. So tons of five K's, 10 K's, a couple marathons. And then I was a group fitness class, kickboxing, spin, boot camps, those kind of things. And then I found CrossFit through a Groupon of all things. Really? Yeah. And so I say I did CrossFit for about eight or nine years, switched a couple gyms, but then COVID hit and, you know, all the gyms shut down. And I just kind of didn't go back, built a little bit of a home gym and missed the group environment. So I joined F45, which is what I'm currently doing. But as you know, I am working with you also. And I've really focused a lot on just strength training. As I have gotten older, CrossFit is just a little bit too hard on my body. The running is just a little bit too much. So a nice mix between the strength and then I get my group community environment through F45. Um, As far as nutrition is concerned, I really didn't get into that until probably I'd say really thirties. I'm, you know, I felt like up until then I was kind of eat whatever I want, didn't have any really problems. And then, you know, age hits and I've literally tried it all. I I've tried, you know, Weight Watchers, Zone, RP, um, a program called the lean program. I've done just calorie counting, macro counting, all of it. And I've done it all numerous times. So that's, it's just kind of was a back and forth. It was just a constant yo-yo for me and it would work the first time. And then I would get off track and then I'd try to go back to it and it just never worked as well. The, the second, third, fourth time that I tried it. So that's where you come in. <laughs> so interesting that you said, you know, cause I feel like we always do those cyclical diets, right? We're like, okay, we do it again and again and again, cause it works. But you mentioned like for you, it actually didn't work the second, third time around as well as it did that first time around, it's almost like you're constantly chasing that first high sort of. That's exactly what it was. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you were doing all that, was that in your like CrossFit days? Is that where you were exposed to these diets? What was that, you know, linkage? 
So, you know, during CrossFit, I think the first program that I tried was uh, the zone diet, which is essentially just macro counting, you know, Mm -hmm. it's the macro counting without the actual macros. They talk about blocks, right? And that worked great for me. I started that a year after my son was born and I got back to my pre-baby weight, which was awesome, but I got off track never worked again. I tried RP, which is huge in the CrossFit world. And I just didn't like that. It was way too regimented for me. And so I just started doing just kind of macro tracking. I was a slave to my fitness pal. (laughs) And about three years ago, I found out this program, it's called the lean program. You know, it's kind of like one of the seven week programs. They give you a caloric goal with macros associated. And, you know, again, the first time loved it. It was amazing. But after the seven weeks was over and I just kind of got off track and I didn't have the accountability anymore. Um, I tried going back to it, you know, two, three times and it just, I, I was never into it again. So it didn't work. Do you think that's what it was? Like every time you repeated it, you just weren't as into it the next round. So were you kind of making it a little bit more flexible than you were the first time? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, also when I kind of went back to it, the, the second or third time, you know, the, even though I hadn't really changed my macros changed, which was strange to me and the calories actually went down. So I was eating less and then I just felt a little bit more of that deprivation and it just wasn't as attractive to me anymore. Yeah. Were you always calculating your own macros or did you have somebody else doing that for you? The program um, calculated your macros for you. So they gave you a caloric goal and then they split it into a percentage of protein, carbs, and fat. Mm -hmm. It was a pretty even split Um, off the top of my head. I can't remember what it was, but it was, it was very protein forward. And then the carbs and fat just kind of fell where they were, as long as you were within your caloric goal. Mm, Got it. Yeah. And would you say that every single time you did one of these programs, like your goal was always weight loss? Did you go, or did your goal ever change? It was always weight loss. You know, I felt like that that's the primary reason that I was doing these goals. Um, I wasn't happy with my weight. And so I thought, well, if I lose that five or 10 pounds, then I'm going to be happy again. And so let's start a new program. It's exciting. And, you know, then I'll lose the five, 10 pounds and I get off because I'm like, okay, but I lost the weight and now I can loosen up a little bit and I'd be right back where I was a few few months later. Which also goes to show, right? Like, I think that's a good thing to highlight is a lot of these diet plans. We look at them from such a short-term perspective and they do not teach you what maintenance looks like. There's Mm -hmm. always like, okay, you got to chase this goal. But now once you hit the goal, now what? And no one is actually prepared to be essentially offboarded into like normal life again. Yes, absolutely. That's exactly what it was. I lost the weight and then it was like, well, do I stay at these numbers? Do I, you know, loosen the belt a little bit? Um, And then you just, you loosen it too much and then it gets out of control again. (laughs) And you're left to your own devices and you weren't actually, you were taught how to follow rules. You were taught how to follow grams and macros and all that, but you weren't actually taught essentially how to live. 
right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's the other thing is I was following all of these numbers. And so I, I was still living life, but it just didn't feel as, um, I don't want to say extravagant, but it just wasn't as exciting as, yeah. you know, going out on the weekends could be yeah. <laughs> and enjoying myself. Yeah. You're like, you're going out to eat, but you're still getting chicken, rice and broccoli. Yes. That's exactly right. Yeah. You're like, look at me, I'm being so good. And it's like, how long are we actually going to do that for? Yeah. Not long. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So we were taught, I don't even remember how long we were talking for, but it had to be at least probably six months. And you were like, yes, I need something different, but I'm not ready. And then one day you turned around and said, I'm sick of my own shit. Sign me up. Let's finally do this. What was it that ultimately changed your mind and had you decide, okay, like I'm ready to dive into coaching. So I, I signed up for that lean program for like the third time. And, you know, within a a week or two of it, I was like, this is just not working. Something is not working. You know, I also had a lot of things going on, a lot of, a lot of stressful things going on in life. And, and I thought to myself, you know, this is really the time that I need the coaching the most, you know, I've said it to you before. If I had signed up with you the six months prior to when we did actually um, get the coaching going it would have been easy. I would have flown through it, but I was living through some very stressful times. And that is when I tend to really get off track, just totally give up. And I needed to learn how to, to manage those things because that's real life. Right. Yeah. And people will say that all the time, right? Like I will do this when And it's usually when life is perfect, when I have time, when, you know, whatever magical thing happens that we're like, I can now focus on myself and you and I have continuously had the conversation of that would not have been the most ideal time to get the help. Like you were going through so much at the time and have been throughout the entire time we've been working together. And you are the great example of why we do not wait, why if you need help, you need it now. Because it's during that high stress that we need that guidance. So I'd love for you to open up like, you know, I want people to understand what kind of stress you're going through, because I feel like you're also going through a stressor that a lot of people don't face, you know, thank God. But if we're sitting here going, oh, well, I just have work stress and I have this, I want people to know, well, you know, if Heather's dealing with all all the shit that she's dealing with and she can do it, so can you. So go ahead, open up like, What exactly are the stressors that we've been working through? Uh, So just a little back history. So uh, my husband was uh, diagnosed with colon cancer in 2019. We went through six months of chemotherapy. Um, Everything seemed to be good, clean for two years. And then in April of last year, through routine checkup, some levels were slightly elevated. So went for a scan and they found that... um, his cancer had resurfaced. So he went back into chemo again, different kind of chemo. It was supposed to be six months, but in the middle, uh, there were, um, you know, major surgery that they wanted to try. So 
we've kind of had off and on chemo since probably June of last year. He's had two major surgeries, uh, one of which was a extensive 11 day stay. And even after through all of that, um, you know, he finished in May and then we just found out recently that there are more spots that are on his liver now. And so we are just starting the, the third round of, of chemo and um, it's, it's a lot, you know, I feel like dealing with just his diagnosis, but then for me being caregiver, you know, I have to take care of him when he's not feeling good. I have to take care of our 10 year old son when he's not feeling good and every, you know, everything else I'm working full-time still. So it's been, it's been a lot. Right. It's been the emotional stress of it all. And then on top of it, the actual physical stress of, you know, and I love, you know, talking to my caregivers. And when I talk about caregivers, a lot of it is like the parents or people who are taking care of others. And one of the biggest issues for caregivers is they very rarely have the time or energy or, you know, just mindset to care for themselves because you guys spend so much of your time giving to others that you get left behind. And so the fact that you signed up with me at this time, I remember you saying like, I spoke to Paul, we said, we agreed that I, I do need this. I need the support. I need the help. And you got the help that you deserved while you're caring for literally everybody else around you. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what it was. I knew that by signing up with you, I had enough nutritional background to be dangerous. The, the signing up for the coaching with you was not about learning about nutrition, how to eat properly. I I knew how to do that. Um, You preach a lot about mindset. And for me, that's what it was. I needed to break my old habits of hitting these really stressful times and just saying, fuck it. I'm going to just eat everything that's put in front of me. I'm not going to pay attention to anything with nutritional value anymore. And I just really, that is the coaching that I needed. And, you know, really that's what you and I have primarily been working on. Yeah. That's been our biggest thing to date has been the mindset piece, but even from a nutritional piece, like we made such small tweaks in the beginning that made a huge difference. So the first thing that we did was one, we gave you permission to eat the food, right? Whatever it was, you're allowed to eat it. I remember you were like, I wanted a donut and I had the donut. I was like, yes, eat that donut. But we also upped your carbs because you had spent so much time in a caloric deficit that, you know, naturally I was like, yo girl, we gotta, we gotta give your body a break. So trust me on this. We're going to feed you a little bit more. And let's see how it goes. And I remember one of your early check-ins being like, wait a minute, I'm eating more carbs and my cravings are going down. And then that day that you had the donut, you were like, I had one and I was able to stop and it was great. So that was just such a, you know, one of those early learnings where it clicked for you that you were like, I've spent so much time in a deficit trying to lose weight that I didn't realize that I needed more. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, and I'd say that goes for fats as well. I mean, you, I remember you asking me very early on, are you intentionally trying to stay low fat? And I, no, I don't intentionally do it. I think that's just how I had lived for so long that it, it was just general practice for me. Right. So we leveled out your nutrition. That was like the big piece in the beginning. And then the next piece that we needed was that strategic part. So for anybody who is not familiar with, you know, what it means to go through chemo treatments, Heather is basically supporting her husband while he's in the hospital for hours at a time and sometimes days at a time. So one of like the initial strategies that we implemented was planning for the weeks where he would be going through chemo treatment. So how did that look differently to what you had done in the past? Well, just planning in general, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, you know, knowing ahead of time, like his treatments, the, the last round was, was once every other week. And those treatments, we were in the infusion center for four to five hours. So, you know, just again, planning, knowing we were going to get there at one o'clock. So make sure I eat a really good lunch before we go. And then being prepared with snacks if I wanted them. And, you know, whether that snack was a a chocolate bar or whether it was a a protein bar or nuts or something, I mean, I've brought carrots. Um, It it was really just a matter of planning ahead for it, knowing that I was going to be there for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there were also times where you would say to me, you know what, I didn't want what I had packed, but I went down to the cafeteria and I made a more mindful decision. And that's where we're looking at that, you know, that mindset piece of, all right, that's fine. Go down to the hospital cafeteria, get something that you want. We've talked about being okay with more comfort style foods, but at the same time, being really mindful of getting the nutrients that we need, right. And making more mindful decisions. Yeah. I remember being in the hospital one day and just feeling very overwhelmed, but I needed to eat something. And I remember going down and just really wanting a piece of pizza. And I said, okay, have some pizza, but I also put some salad on the side, you know? So it felt balanced to me, but I was still allowing myself to have that pizza without feeling guilty about it. And that's, you know, the other thing that we've been working on is allowing the foods without feeling guilty about it. So don't feel guilty, feel connected to what you truly genuinely want. And I mean, on top of that, there have been times where you've told me, I thought I wanted something. I went and I got it and I just put it to the side and I waited Mm -hmm. and realized ultimately I didn't really want it. And that was another huge learning piece, more so with being in an office, (laughs) less being in a hospital, more with being in an office. But that was something, right? That's something that's very relatable for a lot of people is we eat so mindlessly without giving it much thought, without recognizing, do I really want this? Because we're just so used to just grabbing and getting, getting that instant gratification. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The mindful piece is something that we've worked on a lot too, you know, putting my phone down, um, stepping away from my desk at work, allowing myself 15, 20 minutes to peacefully and mindfully eat the food that I've brought, which was huge for me. 
That's my favorite one. When I'm like, girl, get away from your desk, (laughs) eat your lunch. And it's okay. If you spend 15 to 20 minutes eating your lunch for yourself, you don't have to be at your desk. Yeah. Yeah. Big changes. Mm -hmm. And you brought up the phone scrolling and I, I do love this piece as well. And you know, if you guys follow me on Instagram, I talk a lot about stress and how stress impacts us. And so Heather and I have this balance act of managing stress, right? There are aspects of your stress that we cannot control, right? We have no control over the fact that, you know, you're supporting your husband through cancer treatments. You can't manage that. And then there are just weeks where things are chaotic and they're busy for you. And in a lot of ways, you know, the, the way that a lot of us want to deal with stress, it's shut down. So we doom scroll. We just hop on Instagram and we start scrolling because we don't want to do anything else, which is understandable, right? We get to the end of our week and we're exhausted by it all. But instead, you and I have done a lot of work on having stress coping mechanisms. So how do you feel like that mindset work has really changed how you've been dealing with, you know, basically the last six months of everything that we have been dealing with. Well, um, you know, I think a big piece of it was first just recognizing it. You know, I think I told you, I think, you know, I just kind of came clean with you and was like, I am just sitting on my phone for two or three hours at night, just mindlessly scrolling. And, you know, I tried my phone, um, feature of kind of turning things off, but that, wasn't enough for me because you can turn those things off um, and change all of that. So you introduced me to an app called app block, which has been exactly what I needed. It has allowed me to put my phone in strict, strict mode, which I cannot turn off if I want to. So I have put time limits on the apps that I know are mindless um, scrolling or game playing for me. And then I've set my phone at night for 90 minutes now. I started at 45 just because I was like, "Eh, I don't know if I can commit to this. And I'm up to 90 minutes at this point. And I keep it all the way until I go to bed. And I cannot open any game, any social media, anything that I know that I'll be distracted by. So it forces me to just put the phone down and do other things. I've started reading again, which has been fantastic. It's just a nice getaway from things. Mm -hmm. Um, I've added stretching into my routine at night, you know, with the, with the strength training that we're doing, stretching has been ideal. Yeah. Um, And just in general, it's just forces me to get up off the couch. Finally, you know, maybe prep my meal for the next day, or just think about what I want to do the next day. It just, it's been a good, um, it's been a good thing for me. Yeah. You got to now level up. I, I do the 12 hour blocks. <laughs> oh, okay. I it from 8 PM usually until 8 AM the next day. So that I, the first thing that I do in the morning is not scroll, but so, <laughs> so okay. the 12 hour block, there have definitely been times where I'm like, shit, I need to get on and do something, but it's fine. I guess it's not happening now, but it helps so much because I was the chronic, I would ignore my time limits and Sean would be looking over my shoulder being like, why do you have those? So I needed app block and I showed it to you and now we love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's been great. 
And what I love too is so we what we did, and this is what we what we have to acknowledge that needs to happen is we have one bad habit that's not going well for us. And what we want to do is replace it with something, right? So I couldn't just take away your social media doom scrolling and be like, all right, just block it and hope for the best, right? We had to replace it. So we replaced it with reading. We replaced it with stretching or walking. And you came back to me. And every time you would implement that, you would say, I feel so much better, right? Your recovery was improving. You overall were just in a better headspace because you weren't doom scrolling. And that's what I loved the most is that you saw the impact that that had on you. And you were spending your time doing more self-care, which is something that we've been prioritizing for you is like, Hey, you need your personal self-care amidst literally caring for other people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that is essentially what it has done is it has forced me to do more self-care things. Um, and just given me some time back to myself where I'm not just constantly in my head. Right. And we also did a social media cleanse, right? Like we started talking about how social media and a lot of the content that we consume is so destructive to us. And you were like, I am looking at all this stuff on my social media that's making me feel bad about my body and making me feel bad about my own progress. And so we were like, clear it, yeah. <laughs> unfollow, hit that unfollow button. Yeah, I, I literally unfollowed any account that just wasn't serving me. Um, it wasn't serving a purpose other than just, you know, a celebrity or something like that. And I've, um, I have done a complete 180 cleanse of my Instagram feed and it has done wonders for me. I mean, just, you know, I think I've told you, I started following people with real bodies who talk about who still are fitness influencers and things like that, but they also show the real side of Instagram. And yeah, this is a pose picture, but this is what I really look like when I'm sitting down or whatever. And we all have roles. It doesn't matter, all that kind of stuff. And it's really, um, you know, it's amazing when you follow that kind of content, the impact that it has even on, on you, because, you know, it's given me a little bit more confidence to, you know, wear the gym clothes that I thought I shouldn't be wearing because it was too tight or whatever the case may be. And it's just really, it's made me a little bit more comfortable in my own skin because it's showing me that, um, everybody, everybody's different and nobody's looking at me and judging me. And we're just all there to work out. And that that's all it is. Exactly. That's all it is. And we have the best of intentions, right? We follow all of these, whether it's CrossFit athletes or these fit fitness influencers, you know, whoever they are. Right. And we do it because we think we're motivating ourselves, but what we don't realize is that we're mostly motivating ourselves through a sense of self self-deprecation, right? I want to look like that. I do not look like that. Therefore I am wrong. And I, my body is not valid in the health and fitness space. And so I'm going to use this as motivation for me versus now I feel like your motivation has changed, right? Like we still have your body recomposition goals. You still want to build muscle. You still want to burn fat and that's okay. But I feel like you have a more realistic view of what that looks like. And you feel more confident in yourself as a result. And it's, it gives you a different perspective on your journey. Yeah, I think part, you know, I know when we first signed up, I probably was like, yeah, I want to lose that five to 10 pounds. Yes, you did. Yep. 
<laughs> and I don't think I've said that for probably six months, you know, um, I've maybe lost a pound or two, mm -hmm. but I don't let the scale, um, really uh, upset me as much as it used to. I have my moments still, you know, everybody does, you're going to, but I am more focused now on the, you know, where is my strength now? Am I lifting a little heavier? Am I doing more reps? Is my, you know, cardio a little better? Do I not as winded when I leave a workout? Um, those kind of things. And honestly, like, I don't even know the last time I got on a scale because that just really isn't important to me anymore. Yeah. I, I feel comfortable in my body and that's, um, that's good enough for me now. So yeah. we've been doing the in-body scans for you, which if you guys go, I did not look at what episode it is, but if you scroll back, maybe one or two episodes back, uh, I talked about Heather's in-body scan and she is right. She's only lost like maybe, I think it was like maybe two pounds cumulatively, cumulatively over time, but you gained muscle, which we were like, hell yeah. Like we love that, right? Get, building muscle, getting stronger. You're super stoked to be doing my workout program and getting better at pull-ups. That was something else. Um, I'm forcing you to squat more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're like, damn it. But you yeah. impressed yourself with a lot yeah. of numbers after our first strength cycle in getting stronger, pretty much across the board all the way. Yeah. I, um, you know, we didn't really have a baseline to work with. So mm -hmm. I just started where I thought I should start and increased to what I thought, you know, thought was a, a good number for a, a, you know, a six week cycle. And honestly, I was really happy with the progress that I made. You know, I've suffered from lower back issues for as long as I can remember. So squatting is never my favorite. And I'm, I'm happy with where I ended up. And I think there's room for improvement for sure. Oh, yeah. um, and I think too, you know, we, we st stayed away from the deadlifts just because that seems to aggravate my back, but we were working on the um, RDLs and I really impressed myself on that one. I, I did way better than I thought I would. So. Right. And then we also made that connection, right? So at one point you did have a low back flare up. Mm -hmm. And you were also going through really high stress. And with my own chronic back pain journey, I was like, Hey, just a heads up, by the way, like my flare ups would often come with really, really high stress. And that was something now within this past week, literally you were like, Hey, things have been really stressful for me. I want to pull back on my intensity. Let's do fewer strength training days just so that you could manage that. And I feel like you've, this is another place where you've done a full 180 of recognizing your stress and being really, really proactive about getting ahead of it. And you're like, I want to prioritize stretching. I want to prioritize walking. I want to prioritize, you know, going that low intensity. And I feel like for somebody to step into that space where they are okay with pulling back their intensity, knowing it's going to benefit them in the long run, I feel like that's huge. So, you know, how different has that been for you coming from spaces like CrossFit at 45, where I feel like the mentality is go hard all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's been a struggle for sure. I was of that mentality. I was doing CrossFit five, six days a week. Um, when I joined F45, I was going five, six days a week. 
And then I just realized that I'm not really benefiting from that. And I was really just more tired than anything. Plus I'm an early morning workout. So I was working out at five, five 30 in the morning. And you know, my, my son doesn't go to bed till nine 30, 10 o'clock. Sometimes I'm getting hardly any sleep. So how can I recover when I'm doing so much, so many workouts and not resting at all? So That has definitely been a mindset shift for me where I'm like, you need to listen to your body. If, if you're tired, or even if I just feel like my back is just kind of on the edge, I'm like, okay, I need to take a day or two even off and just focus on stretching or whatever it is. And, you know, when I had that flare up a few weeks ago, I would have typically taken a day, maybe two days off, and then I would have just gone back and pushed through it. But I took an entire week off and I I worked on your flare up protocol and I walked back into the gym better than ever. Like it never even happened. I was still cautious, you know, still paid attention, but I think that that's just something I finally recognized is that I need to just pay attention more. Mm Mm-hmm. It's yeah. okay to take a step back. <laughs> Amen. It's, it's really okay. And as a group fitness instructor, I, you know, for the last seven years, I see this all the time, right? People come in. I love asking, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? You know, and back pain is just something that I am so hyper aware of because I just rehabbed it and people come in they're like, oh, well I'm really tight or no, my back still hurts, you know, or they were telling me that they, their back was hurting the day before, and then they still show up the next. I'm like, what are you doing here? Right. And people push through it. And I was that person too. I pushed through my pain for years and it sucks to go through a flare up. It sucks to pull back your effort and, you know, go through like a flare up protocol, right? That's what my coach was putting me through was, all right, well, we're going to pull back all of our intensity. You're not going to do what you were doing. You're going to walk in the gym and you're not going to break a sweat. Yeah, that mentally sucks, but longevity wise is huge. And I just, I wish more people (laughs) appreciated that, but that's what a lot of this like mindset coaching takes, right? Is okay, finally, we don't have to grind so hard. You're allowed to take a break. You're allowed to be in, you know, we spend a lot of time in maintenance mode and you're still going to make progress. And I think that's huge. Yeah. I think, you know, I've seen some physical changes for sure in in the right way. But I think for me, our time together has been more successful from a mindset perspective. Just, you know, I we've been working together for almost eight months now. And I would, I can't tell you any other diet or plan or anything else that I've ever done for this long without just wanting to say, fuck it, man, this is too hard. I just don't want to do this anymore. I'm so sick of it. Um, I have my days certainly, and I'm, it's never going to be perfect. But I just feel like in the time that we have been working together, the mindset of it doesn't have to be perfect has been um, very um, eye-opening for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's like, there's a couple things from your journey that I feel like people need to hear. So one of them is Heather and I have spent so much time in what we've called maintenance mode, right? So a lot of times our check-ins are like, Hey, you did really well this past week. 
upcoming with this week, we're not changing a thing, right? We just need to stay the course. And I think with a lot of people that gets exhausting, it gets boring, right? I think you and I, in a lot of ways, that's when we started saying, okay, let's focus on recovery. Let's focus on no longer doom scrolling so that you had other pieces that you could focus on in your journey, but from a nutrition and fitness perspective, we were like, we're in maintenance mode, right? And people get bored with that. But from a longevity wise, you've stuck with it for eight months. You know, we're still going Mm -hmm. and we're still going on that track, but you've done so well with that. And then the second piece is that each week we've addressed, okay, what do you got going on this week? Right. Is Paul going through some kind of treatment? Are you going to be at the hospital? Are you super busy with X, Y, Z? What's going on and giving you the permission to either outsource cooking, outsource grocery shopping, or like last week I was like, get a pizza, (laughs) plan, plan a comfort food night and lean into some of this emotional, uh, this emotional feeling that you've got going on. Right. And I think that that's, what's made this, uh, work for you from a longevity perspective is we've made you so adaptable to every single situation that you've been in so that you can thrive even on the weeks that it feels really damn hard. Yep. I, I agree a hundred percent. Um, it's been, um, it's been very stressful. There's been weeks that are harder than others and having just those, those ways to take, to alleviate some of that stress, like you said, the meal planning services, um, order, you know, um, picking up groceries, um, ordering a pizza. If, if that's just what it needs to be for the night, I can do all of that without feeling guilty or lazy or, or any of that, because at the end of the day, if I'm having pizza for one meal, um, you know, you hear it all the time. It's, it's not going to make or break what I'm doing for the rest of, you know, the month or the week or whatever it is, because it's just one meal and I just needed a break. <laughs> exactly. And allowing you to take that break. Cause I feel like we're the fitness industry want, like always pushes the message of we need to strive for discipline. And, you know, when you're tired, you still show up and blah, blah, blah. And instead I've taken the approach with you of girl, I know you're tired. I totally get that you are, and that is completely understandable. So let's just cash it out this week and let's do whatever it takes to make sure that we support you without adding to that overwhelm. And I think we need to give ourselves that grace Mm -hmm. in our lifestyles because influencers have all the time in the world and they have teams of people that do things for them and they get free shit sent to them that like, you know, feeds them their meals or whatever. And you're a normal person going through stuff that honestly, many normal people don't go through, but you're still doing it and you're still showing up and you're still taking care of yourself. And that just means sometimes we just have to make it easier and that's okay. Yep. And that's, that's really what I've taken away from it. The self-care is important for me (laughs) for sure. (laughs) The self-care is. So I know that you spoke like mindset has been huge for you and, and that's been your biggest transformation, but for you, what is ultimately the biggest takeaway that you've had from your coaching thus far? Um, you know, I think for me, I've just learned a lot about not having to be perfect, not always having to do everything perfectly. 
I was just a big all or nothing mindset always for years, for my entire life. That's how I've been. So coaching with you has given me the freedom to know that um, perfection is, is not, it's not sustainable. So if I need to, you know, have some of those comfort items or, you know, I feel like I just need that chocolate at the end of the day or, you know, whatever it is that I'm allowed to do that. So for, for me, it's just a lot more freedom, but it's also teaching me how to deal, you know, how to still navigate all of this stuff through really, really stressful times. Because before, like I said, I, I would just completely give up. I, I'd eat a whole thing of Oreos. I'd, you know, do whatever it was, whatever was in front of me. And now I can have that stuff in the house and know that I'm not going to, I'm not going to binge because I was also a big binge and restrict, you know, I would be really, really good for, you know, you talk about this Monday through Friday. And then on the weekends, it was just like, whatever, I'm going to eat whatever I want. Cause I was good Monday through Friday. And now it's just so much more balanced. Um, you know, if I want chocolate on Monday, I'm going to have chocolate on Monday. And if I want to eat a salad on Saturday or Sunday, then I'm going to eat a salad. It's, it's not, it, it, there's no magic formula. It's just about, you know, whatever feels good to you. And as long as you're, um, you know, keeping it in moderation, I guess. <laughs> I like that you said there's no magic formula because I feel like that's what we're looking for when we're chasing yeah. all of those diets, right? Like, God, I hope zone works this time. I hope they just have that, that magic formula that fixes it all. But for you, it was like, you were told how to eat. You were told how, like what rules to follow, but you were never really taught how to deal with the stress, how to deal with things when shit hits the fan and how to stay on track long enough, right? Like I remember you coming to me being like, I'm going to do this in six weeks. I'm going to get bored. <laughs> I'm going to want to ditch this. Yeah. Right. And eight months later, you're still, you're still doing the damn thing. It, it's still a process. I mean, I, I've gotten a million times better, but I still feel like there's work to be done. And, you know, it's not like accountability through working with like a, a straight nutrition coach while where you're just plugging in numbers. It's accountability from just a, you know, how, how did everything go? Right. I mean, how, how was your sleep? How were your hunger cues? How were your, you know, exercises? How was your mindful eating? It's not just about the numbers and that, you know, that's the other thing too, that's been extremely helpful is just, it's, it's checking all the boxes, not just the numbers. Yes. And I love that you brought up mindful eating too, because that's one where, right. We start with these base habits. I teach mindful eating to every single client that comes to work with me first thing. That's what you learn. And you've admitted, Hey, like this week, I didn't eat so mindfully right? We lose that mindful eating a lot of times when the stress hits, especially during phases of burnout and overwhelm. And I love that you always express, you know what, like, I'm just always going to keep mindful eating top of mind. This is always going to be a top priority habit for me because you know that you slip every so often. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I admitted, so do I 
hundred percent agree, but I love that because you go back to your basics. Anytime you're struggling, you're always like, Hey, let me remember my cues. Let me remember my mindful eating. And you've created this really great foundation that you can lean on no matter what you've got going on. And that's one of the strongest pieces I think for you has been just rebuilding that foundation. Absolutely. Um, you know, I told you that first couple weeks, mindful eating, like taking 15 or 20 minutes to actually finish a meal was so awkward to me. <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I, I, how am I sitting here with myself slowly eating? But that was a necessary exercise for sure. Cause eight months down the road, it's now, like you said, it's, it's a foundational thing that I completely fall back on when I see myself slipping up. Yeah, absolutely. So if there is somebody's on the fence, they're trying to decide if they should go back to whatever diet program that has worked for them before or invest in themselves in a coach, what would you tell them? I would tell them to just not even think twice about it. I mean, I, I know that, you know, for me, it was, a mentally, I wasn't ready, um, because I thought it was at high stress time and it was, wasn't the right time. And then, you know, financially too, you know, it's an investment you are investing in yourself, but I'm either going to invest in. 10,000 diets that I do over and over and over. I mean, that program that I had signed up for when I finally said, oh my God, enough is enough. It was like $150 for seven weeks. So there, there's no, if you can afford, you know, like if you can fit it into the budget, which is what I did, you know, I, I made some sacrifices where I, maybe I just didn't have my clothing budget or, you know, I, didn't do this or that. And I fit it in. I I made it work because it was really important to me. And I, you know, it has helped me through really, really high stress times and has just really helped me avoid, you know, what could have been 10 more diets in the last eight months that we've been together. And also it's, it's helped build my confidence. So, you know, I just say, if you can, if you can find a way to make it work, it's, it's worth every penny because this, this coaching is really, it's, it's truly, truly helpful from every aspect. So cry now. (laughs) I love it. I love that you see it's an investment, you know, we make those sacrifices for it, but it's worth it because you're never going to die it again. And yeah. he didn't come smack you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I'd say in the first, in the beginning, you know, first three months, it was hard. It was definitely hard, you know, because initially when you sign up for things, you want to see progress and you want to see all that, but you, you also helped me see where I was making progress. It may have not been a number on a scale, but it was progress in so many area, other areas of my life that I didn't even know that I needed to make progress in. And in the long run, it's just made me a better person. And it's just really helped. Um, It's just helped, period. And that's the hardest part, right? We sign up for these seven-week programs because these seven-week programs promise us these 
drastic marketable results in that time, but they do not care what happens to you after the fact. If anything, they just hope that you come back and you do repurchase it, right? Like they're like, great, you're a returning customer now. We'll just have you locked in for life versus, all right, yeah, you've lost what? I think it was like, you know, maybe two pounds in eight months, but you gained so much more on top of the muscle gain, but, (laughs) but you really did. You, you've completely transformed you. I feel like you're a totally different person from when we started working together. You have such a different mindset around food, around stress, around all of it. And you're so much more capable in handling it all. And you haven't crumbled, you know, like you've been going through so much and at no point have you been like, Diana, I had a fuck it week. You <laughs> I've had days. I've had days. <laughs> Don't we all? But at no point were you like, I give up. Yeah. I want to give up. Like you have shown up every single week for yourself. And when you're struggling, we talk about it. And it's just been such a huge internal transformation for you on how you look at food, how you look at your body. That day that you were like, Diane, I wore the kind of sort of crop top. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And that was a big day for me. (laughs) It was a big day. You were wearing clothes that previously you were like, I would have never let myself wear. Yeah. And here you are wearing them. Like that's, there's so many of us that can relate to that kind of experience and want to wear the crop top or the tank top or whatever it is. And you got to wear that damn crop top tank top. Yep. And I've worn even more now. So I love it. <laughs> I love it. Huge transformations. Um, any final thoughts, things that you want to leave, leave off with? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, you know, we, we've, we've touched upon it all. I, I would, I would just say that, you know, I said this in the beginning, I'll say it again. Um, there's, there's no right time. I was waiting for that right time and it didn't come. And if you want to do it, you just need to do it because this is real life and you need to learn how to deal with it either way, <laughs> good or bad. It ain't going to get better. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you just got to learn how to do it. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of, all of the details, your whole story. I appreciate you more than you know. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to listen to the Anti-Macro Podcast. I am so happy to be a part of your health journey. If you liked this episode, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're now one step closer to ditching diet culture and finding real food freedom.